Hello, hello, and welcome to Near Death Dolls. I'm Paige. And I'm Lisa. And we are your hosties with the mosties. While talking about ghosties. And other campfire story type shit. That's right. Mm, Bring the s'mores. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. We have some bitchin' urban legends for you this episode. Paige and I have both selected states to talk about today. Yes, that's true. But first, I have a question for you, Lisa. Okay. In the approaching zombie apocalypse, which is scheduled for November 2020, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what would be your weapon of choice? Ooh. You know, I got to say probably a shotgun because I like going shotgun shooting. I like to um, do sporting clays. I've never shot an animal. I have no intention of hurting an animal. Um, Mm -hmm. But I would totally... Uh, pop a cap and a zombie ass. <laughs> Some buckshot, really, or whatever bird shot. I guess I use for clays shooting. But uh, yeah, I like to I like to shoot uh, shotgun. So I think that would probably be my weapon of choice. What about you? Well, it sounds like you know what you're doing with a shotgun too. So I'm coming to your house. <laughs> Come on over, girl. I got snacks. I don't have any. Uh, weapons that I've used really but uh my weapon of choice would probably be a baseball bat or a cricket bat whatever I could get my hands on a la Shaun of the Dead. (laughs) So melee you want to use something you can actually like wield with your hands and swing at. That sounds good and it doesn't run out of ammo so that helps. So you and me we'd be a good team. Yeah absolutely. (laughs) So do you think these zombies are going to be like fast moving or very slow moving? I'm hoping for slow. Fingers crossed. I don't want a fast mover running after me down the street. I can't. I'm not. I don't like running. Running isn't fun. I'm not a runner. <laughs> Cardio is not your thing. No, thank you. I mean, you know. That was one of the rules of zombie land, you know. I know, right? I'm going to fail. <laughs> I'm going to be one of those failures right away. <laughs> like, never Aww, mind. Damn. What do you think? Is it slow or fast? I'm praying for slow and stupid. Yeah. Slow and stupid, yeah, but I don't need smart zombies coming at me. Mm-mm. No intelligent zombie. <laughs> intelligent zombie. <laughs> I, I just sound like one of those slow idiots. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get started. My state today will be Oklahoma, and my story from Oklahoma is super fascinating. I've never heard of it before. It's from Tulsa, and it's called... The Hex House. Have you heard of it? It sounds familiar, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, there's two ways you might have heard of it. Apparently, it's right now at this time, possibly not during quarantine, but it is a haunted house, like, a you know, you get to pay and go in and get scared by people in costumes. Oh. But it used to be a house of a lady who kept two women imprisoned in her basement. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. It's intense. It is a crazy story, this hex house. Well, tell me about it, sister. I'm going to tell you. It's it's insane. So the lady who had the house and had the two ladies in her basement, her name was Carol Ann Smith, and she was 51 at the time. She 
was caught in 1944 for fraud and coercion. And that's when they found the people in her basement. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. she got to be careful. She's got to be a little bit more careful around the law if she's trying to keep people locked up. But she, what happened was in the 40s during World War II, the government passed out ration books so that people could use the the tickets inside to get food and things like that. Mm-hmm. Carol Ann signed up for some ration books and she's just started putting names down of people in her household and just making up names basically and one of the names she put down to receive a wartime ration book was her dog bon bon except she called it bonnie oh bon bon yeah little bon bon (laughs) so she put bonnie down like it's her daughter and the policeman came came a calling and they soon realized there was a lot more going on than just a few extra ration books she had she was living in the lap of luxury. She had expensive perfume, a bunch of makeup, 45 pairs of expensive shoes, 18 pairs of gloves, and a $250 silverware set. Damn, Carol Ann. Right. She's making bank in wartime when everybody else is struggling. <laughs> but her roommates, that was a little bit of a different story. They lived in the basement, slept on orange crates wore ratty old dresses, weren't allowed to put on makeup or use cosmetics or anything like that. And the only time they're let out of the house is so that they can go to work and bring their paychecks home to sign over to Carol Ann. What? Yeah. Yes, she had them convinced that they had to live there with her. That's bizarre. It's crazy. They're they're not young either. So, I mean, you know, they're pretty much our age. Virginia Evans was 31 and Willetta Horner was 30. I don't know. By then, you kind of think you got people figured out, I guess, but maybe not everybody. <laughs> you know, war wartime was a weird time. That's true. That's true. It was a very strange time. Just like quarantine time. Mm. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going to lead to the another Great Depression. That'll be fun. But <laughs> um, <laughs> so Carol Ann The reason she was able to keep them there is she had them brainwashed. She would starve them, beat them, and scream scripture quotes at them, but only the quotes that she wanted to use to fit what she wanted them to believe. And so they believed that they were going through all this torture with her so that they could get to heaven afterwards. This feels like a mini cult. Yeah. Yeah. Super mini cult. Just the three of them with one leader and two cult followers. Mm-hmm. And she had them under her thumb. She had several books on mesmerization and mind control, which she thought she was, you know, she was trying to do on these ladies. And mm-hmm. she also had tons of journals where she wrote about magic and witchcraft using those things to control people around her. Oh, damn. Crazy, huh? That's why they call it the Hex House, because she hexed these ladies. So it's, it's pretty crazy. The The last kind of notch on it is that neighbors reported Carol Ann had been out in her backyard burying things in the middle of the night. When they dug up the backyard, they found a cardboard box with a dead dog in it. And beneath the cardboard box, they found a small coffin with another dog in it. But this one was her <laughs> beloved Bon Bon. I was going to say, was it Bon Bon? It was. It was Bon Bon. God, why? 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this is Carol Ann. She got, con- she got, uh, she was found guilty for mail fraud because she was trying to get one of her basement dwellers father to send her money and then for ration book fraud. But also because at one point in the time that they lived there, she forced those two girls in her basement to testify against their neighbor who they didn't like and say that he had violated one of them. But she was the one who wrote the script for them. So she got in trouble. Oh, shit. That's all she got in trouble for. She didn't get in trouble for kidnapping. She didn't get in trouble for, uh, you know, holding them in her basement. It was just for those few things that I just talked about. It's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. I feel like, I guess they couldn't charge her with, you know, kidnapping or holding someone against their will because I think they were there essentially of their own accord. But, I mean, the way she was, how she was treating them is totally different, but they were there. They had the opportunity to leave if they're going to work and coming back and stuff like that. They did have the opportunity. I don't know if they had the mental capacity at that point after being brainwashed, but I don't know. I don't know. They can't really. (laughs) It it was a long time ago during wartime. I'm sure people had different opinions back then. Well, I'm not sure you could even do it now. Yeah, I don't know. Let's try it. No, no, I'm good. I don't need to be taking care of no other people. I have a husband and that's enough and a cat. That is enough. Yeah, you've got a cat too. That's right. I understand. I wouldn't. I don't even have a basement, so it wouldn't work out. Me neither. <laughs> oh, there is one more thing I want to mention. Um, the weirdest part of this whole story, besides the whole story itself, the weirdest yeah. part is that police reported that they made another discovery in the house. And it lent to a more sexual angle, but they would not say what they found. Maybe they were into the flagellation. It sounds about right. I mean, there there was definitely something going on. And apparently the police thought it was a sexual angle. So I guess in that time, maybe in wartime America, they were like, let's just not say all the gross details. But now, now we don't know what it is. Damn it. I know. I kind of want to know. I kind of really want to know. But yeah, that's what I got for you for the Hex House in Tulsa. Oh my gosh. It's gone. The house itself was demolished since then. But but so they do, what do they do um, for a haunted house then? Is there just a fake house on top of the land? On the, it's a, it's like a parking lot now. So they just kind of pitch a tent and have a, a little haunted house during Halloween time. Sounds sexy. It's actually, it looks pretty cool. It looks like one of the goriest haunted houses I've seen. Hex House. I see it here. Yeah. Okay. Looks awfully creepy. Yeah. (laughs) You're closer than I am, so around Halloween time, if it's open, maybe you should go check it out. I may have to, (laughs) because they they recently closed our local haunted house called Scream World. Um, Aww. I know. I don't know if you ever went when you were here in Houston, but um, it had been here for quite a few years, and um, this last year... uh, it was its last year, and I didn't know, and I hadn't been in years, but my youngest sister wanted to go for her birthday, like, as her birthday treat. It was, like, $30 a person to get in. Oh, my goodness. $30? Okay. $30 a person to go through the haunted house, and you're only in there, like, 15 minutes. 
total. Oh, God. $30 for 15 minutes. Okay. Mm -hmm. But she had a great time. It was fun because... She she was really, like, creeped out and jumped a lot. But me, like, it didn't affect me at all. I'm like, I know they can't touch me. They can, like, scream in my face and jump around me, but I'm not afraid. So the whole time, she's, like, has her arm, like, around my neck. I'm like, okay, you, you, can, ha- you can touch me and hold on to me, sister. But don't, like, yank on my neck as we're walking. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, it was she fun. got scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she found it very scary. I was like... All right, let's do this. <laughs> you I did enjoy it, though. Mm-hmm. I did have to be the adult. You could only imagine two two scaredy cats. <laughs> that would probably been me. I get scared in those places. <laughs> the only actual scary thing about it was, like, an electronic thing that, like, jumps out at you. It wasn't actually even a person in makeup or anything. <laughs> what did it look like? It, it was like a lion, like you were going through like a jungly area and it looked like a lion jumping out at you. But that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Did it make a sound that was scary, like a roar? It made a roar, but it, it was kind of, it was kind of a pitiful roar. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. That's okay. It's all gone now. It's all gone now. But hey, Paige, how about I tell you about my urban legend? Yes, please. So I selected Michigan. Michigan. And guess what? I've been there. <laughs> nice. I've been there too for once. We've both been to a state. We've <laughs> been the same place. Wow. <laughs> nice. So uh, as I like to do, we're going to kick this off with some fun factoids about Michigan. And let me just say Michigan people, Michiganigans or whatever you are called. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Michigan-igers. Michigan. Um, Michigan. You guys have some pretty badass, like, fun facts. Oh, really? Okay. I'm ready. All right. So um, here are some of the fun facts about Michigan. Uh, number one, a police department in Michigan staged a fake wedding with undercover cops acting as the bride and groom and invited local drug dealers to attend. And at the reception, they busted all of them at once. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I liked that one. I was like, that's that's cute. I like that. Uh, number two, a Michigan judge once held himself in contempt after his smoke his smote his smartphone rang in court. Hey, at least he holds himself uh, to the same standards as everybody else. I like that. I can I can respect that. Okay, number three, no point within the state of Michigan is more than six miles from a lake, which means that's a lot of places to sink a body. There are a lot of lakes right there. Okay, number four. Michigan has a second tier DUI law called the super drunk law for blood alcohol content over uh, 0.17. Damn. (laughs) Sounds like a Florida law. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it kind of does. Sorry, Florida, but it does. (laughs) Super drunk law. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it just has more stricter... um, punishments i think it's actually just for first-time offenders but um but yeah so 0.08 is the legal is at the legal limit like that no more than that should you be driving or operating any kind of machinery or whatever uh but Mm -hmm. they have the super drunk law (laughs) 0.17 everybody be careful out in michigan (laughs) do not drink too much and drive in fact don't drink and drive (laughs) just don't drink and drive let's start there Okay. Call an Uber. Call an Uber. 
Uh, number five, the youngest person to ever graduate from University of Michigan at the age of 17 was also a murderer. Oh, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I didn't catch, I didn't catch his name, but, uh, yeah, fun fact, fun fact. <laughs> Too smart. Too smart yeah. for his own good. Number six, there is a town in Michigan called Hell, and it's for sale. Hell is for sale. <laughs> Get out the checkbook. And number seven. Thomas Lynn Bradford of Detroit, Michigan, is most famous for committing suicide in an attempt to ascertain the existence of an afterlife and communicate that information to a living accomplice. Whoa. Did it work? Uh, it's not stated if it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I guess but, not. <laughs> uh, but he literally just wanted to prove or figure out if there's life after death. And, well, I guess he'll be the only one to know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it either means that uh, he couldn't get the message through or there is no life after death, so he couldn't get the message through. Depressing. Yeah, no idea. It is a little depressing, and it's funny that it's not that he killed himself from depression. It was because he just wanted to see if there's an afterlife. Yeah. Trying to do science. Science, bitches! <laughs> Alrighty, Rue. How about I tell you what the urban legend I'm covering is? Yes, please. All right, so this is the urban legend of Knock Knock Road. Hmm, who's there? Oh, ghosties. Oh, good. That's my favorite. <laughs> so let's start with the year. It's 1962. Uh, that was the year that uh, John Glenn orbited Earth and Lawrence of Arabia released in theaters. Ooh, I love that movie. Nice. I know you do. <laughs> That's why I mentioned <laughs> it. <laughs> You're so good. So, uh, Gross Ill, Michigan in 1962... A local teenager uh, girl is uh, babysitting. After the parents get home pretty late, the husband offers to take the girl home. During the day, she was fine uh, with walking home, but she knew the dark roads could be dangerous uh, for many reasons. Aliens, vampires. She's crazy. Werewolves. Mm-hmm. 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 She and the man get in his car and head out into the darkness. He pulls down a side road and parks the car. He tells the girl he's interested in her um, physically, uh, but Ugh. the girl declines his offer of amorous activities. Good, good. Ex- you know, respect that, mister. And I'd like to say that's where it ended, but unfortunately it's not. Aw, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, the man gets mad and tells her to get, up, get the hell out of his car, and she can just walk the rest of the way home. <laughs> Great. What a nice guy. Right. He practically pushes her out the door and even grabs the inside handle to slam it shut. But as he does, it catches the girl's dress. Come on, guy. As she tries to walk away, she notices that it's stuck and starts to pull at it. The man either doesn't notice or doesn't care and starts the car up and begins to drive away. It drags the girl down the road, all the while she's hitting the car door with her hands trying to get him to stop. There's, he, there's no way he couldn't hear that. He's just being a dick. Mm-hmm. The girl is dragged to death down the road and is left there after her dress is finally detached from the car. Oh, oh my God, that poor girl. The road, as it happens, is near a bird sanctuary. So a county worker in the 70s uh, was working to put up signage in and around the bird sanctuary, and he was driving down the road. Uh, He parked his truck at his first stop, and while he was in his truck, he heard a light knocking coming from the passenger side. Oh, no. He looked over and didn't see anything. He thought maybe an acorn or a pine cone had fallen, and that's what he heard. Mm-hmm. 
but as he was looking at his paperwork to see where his next bit of signage was going to be placed, he heard it again. But this time, it was a hard three knocks. That's no acorn. Mm-mm. He gets out of his truck and walks around, expecting it to be a child trying to get his attention. But it was a school day, and he had actually not seen anyone all day. So nobody's there knocking. Knock, knock, road. He begins to get a little worried. Uh, He places the sign in that area and moves on down the road a little bit. Uh, Again, he's parked and hears the knocking again. But this time, he jumps quickly to look out the passenger window, and still there's nothing. This happens for hours, and the worker isn't sure what to make of it. He's pretty positive it wasn't his truck acting up because he was sitting with his truck turned off. That's crazy. Can he drive away? I guess not. He's working. So uh, as the day grows dark, the worker is finishing up his last stop for the day, but he's feeling very, very tense and uneasy. Of course, yeah. I'd start to feel like I was going crazy. Yeah. So by the time he gets back to his truck, twilight is fading into black. He starts his truck and begins to head down the long road home. And there's the knocking again, but this time it's fast and frantic. It's that girl. She's back. She's back from the dead. (laughs) He slams on his brakes, grabs a flashlight, and runs around the car. He sees a long streak behind his car. A wet, red, bloody streak (gasps) on the road. Scary. And in his door, passenger side door, is a torn, ragged piece of pink flower pattern fabric. Whoa. Oh my god, that's a physical haunting. Jesus. And as he leans down to touch it, he hears three loud knocks right next to his door. He looks up and there's the girl's mangled body standing over him. Oh my god. (laughs) This needs to be a movie. It would be a great movie. (laughs) It probably is one, huh? I don't know. The following day, the worker doesn't show up for his assigned location uh, with a few other men. He also hadn't gone home. So... Some of the other workers he was going to be working with that day went looking for him near the bird sanctuary. They find his truck pulled off to the side of the road, and looking into the woods, they see the man. He's hanging from a tree branch, from what looks like a pink tattered dress twisted into a rope. No way! Now, it's said if you drive this road at night, you'll hear the knocking on your car, and if you pull over to park and wait you can hear the toenails of the hanged man scratching along the roof of your car. Long, oh. swaying scratches. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> Trim them toenails. <laughs> <laughs> pedicure, please. I know, right? <laughs> Where's a ghostly pedicure when you need one? No kidding. The girl could probably help him out. She is right. a girl. She's, she's up and about a little bit. Yeah, more yeah. than I mean, he is. A little. She just needs to get a new outfit. But yeah, pretty much. Dang, Lisa, that is a cool-ass urban legend. That's the urban legend of Knock Knock Road in Michigan. Man, that's really cool. I don't I don't think I made it out to any any place in Michigan that wasn't Detroit. But that would have been... Did you go to that location? Where were you in Michigan? I went to a city called Saginaw because um, I... my mom's mom is from there and I got to meet my great-grandparents I'd met them a couple times but uh they lived out there and they had uh a lake house that we went and stayed at and I have a really funny story about staying at the lake house Ooh, I want to hear so I 
can't remember how old I am. I couldn't have been more than ten, eleven ish, and my sister mm. uh, was probably around eight, seven or eight. Anyways, uh, so we're at this uh, lake house and. There's no TV. There's not much for kids to do, but they did have a little, um, like a little paddle boat. Ooh. That you, you, you know, you put your feet in, you paddle with your feet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, we get in this little paddle boat on the lake and my mom says, okay, you can go down to that little kind of, almost like a cul-de-sac in the water. Um, there were houses around and she's like, you can go down there and come back. Like I can pretty much see you. So go. So my sister and I go down there and we get close to the cul-de-sac area and there's some like, I don't know if it was trees or what, but it's something growing in the water and I noticed this thing about the size of a body bobbing in the water. Oh my god, Lisa! And my sister and I freak the frock out (laughs) and we paddle back so fast and we're like, mom, I think we found a dead body! Oh my god. <laughs> my mom's like, I gotta see this shit. <laughs> so <laughs> we go back down there and even my mom for a second was like, What the shit is that? And it turns out someone had just thrown uh they had like stuffed tree branches inside uh like a gallon milk plastic container and like okay. wrapped it in uh wrapped it in plastic, uh maybe a a trash can bag trash bag there you go Mm -hmm. and uh for whatever reason just the way it floated and it bobbed it looked like a head with like a torso and kind of like limb ish you know body parts but we freaked out so bad we thought we saw our first dead body (laughs) (laughs) i bet your mom was kind of excited too she likes true crime right (laughs) yeah i think my mom was real interested (laughs) like ooh. I gotta see this. this. (laughs) Bitch is crazy. Anyways, yeah, that was my uh, my fun time in Michigan. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I'm. It's cool because it wasn't a dead body. If it had been, it would be a little bit morbid, but super cool. (laughs) Well, maybe a little traumatizing, but it it was it was a good time. Good time. Man, I'm glad it wasn't though. I'm glad it was just some bundle of sticks. But who does that? Come on. (laughs) No, it's. I'm like, don't throw trash in your lake. Come on, yeah, don't pollute. Mm-mm. Give a hoot, damn it. Yeah, give a hoot. <laughs> Yours was a very good urban legend. Mine oh. was just like a true story that popped up when I typed in Oklahoma urban legend. So there was only a smidgen of mine that was true. Um, the part where the girl, apparently there was a girl that was uh, dragged. And I think mm. the original legend the legend says that sh- her hair was caught and was dragged by her head, but Ouch. in actuality, she really was dragged by her dress, and unfortunately, but oh, so that's the true part. Oh, that is the true part. Bad. There, w- there was a death, um, but I mean, okay, so I say that's the true part. Everything that I read said this did happen, but I could not find any articles about it from the sixties. Um, oh, okay. I mean, okay. I would have really, and I looked, but apparently they make you pay for newspaper clippings. I had to, I didn't want to have to, yeah. you know, pay to see something that may not have been there. I know, I'm cheap. I'm cheap. I know, I've seen the same thing of things as like, oh, I found a newspaper article about the thing I want to learn more about. Oh, payment? Uh, never mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. I won't even give you my email. Leave me alone. Ah, uh-uh, Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, so that's our urban legends of Oklahoma and Michigan. 
Thank you for listening, darling dolls. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Near Death Dolls Podcast. You can tweet us on the Twitter at Near Death Dolls. And if you want us to cover your urban legend from your state or any other state, really, send us an email at neardeathdolls at gmail.com with urban legends in the subject line. Hell yeah. yeah. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review us. Seriously, if you could do us a solid by leaving us some stars and a quick written review on Apple Podcasts, that would be so helpful. And it would make you the bee's knees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can get... You can also help our podcast get out there by sharing screenshots of whatever episode you listen to and tagging us. We've also seen and loved how you respond when someone on our social media, especially Twitter, asks, I'm in the market for a new podcast. What's good? And you say, near death dolls. Woo! That, I know, it was that we love and appreciate each one of you lovely doll faces. Yes, we do love you. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time, dolls. Bye. Bye-bye. Mwah. Mwah. That was a wet one. Mwah. <laughs> Might have slipped you the tongue, guys. Sorry. Ooh. Second base. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wait, isn't that first base? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Special thanks to Sam Hears for our art and music. If you'd like to see more from him, check out the links in our show notes.